0: Greetings, fellow citizens of Disneyland. I'm sure by now you've heard the story. The story that many people will tell you about the origins and the evolution of Disney's California Adventure. But today, I'd like to tell you my version of that story from a designer's perspective, from a creative's perspective, and showcase to you all of the challenges that the creatives on this project set out to conquer and how eventually they would find their creative resolve. It's the story of DCA. Disney's California Adventure, Turning 20, today on Disneyland for Designers. I'm going to tell you my version of the story, and then in part two, our good friend Philander Butler will join us, and we'll have a nice conversation between buds about how the little park that couldn't became the little park that could, and all the great memories we've had there following its transition over the years. But first, I would like to thank everybody who last week checked out the podcast and gave it a listen and a double thanks to everybody that went over to club 1313.com joined club 1313 and helped me as a Disneyland content creator become a professional. Thanks to everybody that went over there and became a member. I can now officially say with my head up high, I am a professional Disneyland content creator. And what this means is, is I can pour more resources into the podcast and I can put more effort over into the YouTube channel giving you almost daily content, showcasing everything that's happening out at everybody's favorite resort, and doing what I love to do, tell you the Disneyland story in a little bit of a different way than others. I love to focus in on the emotional story, the intellect story, how things at Disneyland are built, designed to make us feel the way that we do, showcase a little bit more into the business and how it's not an evil corporation that's out to get you, It's people that want to turn a profit so they can keep their jobs and also keep building great things for us to keep discovering and keep making new memories. So to everybody who became a member of Club 1313, I sincerely appreciate your support. And I want to let you know that I am working hard around the clock right now during these weird times to lay down a system to where when the world gets slowly more and more back to normal, that I have trained myself, I have built the infrastructure to be able to cover all the breaking news, all the happenings out at the resort in a very quick manner. So you can always rely on Adventures in Design on YouTube to see what's happening out at the resort, and you can always rely on Disneyland for Designers in your podcasting part of your life to always tell you the story, past, present, and future, of what's happening out at Disneyland. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to remind you that this Saturday is the 13th of the month when the Club 1313 gets together, but don't worry, there will still be a free portion of our get-together for folks over on YouTube. The first part of this Saturday's Hangout will be available for anybody to catch at Adventures in Design over on YouTube, and because it is February, and because it is the 13th, this month's theme is Date Night at Disneyland, which if you don't know about this thing that used to happen back at the park. Date night at Disneyland really laid a lot of groundwork for many things that were to come in Disneyland's future. And it was all because they're trying to figure out a way. How do we get teenagers to fall in love with each other while they're falling in love with Disneyland? That'll be a live stream that'll be happening this Saturday over at YouTube. The live stream is going to kick off at five o'clock. That will be free for all. But don't forget, members, we will be doing our special meetup after we. Hang out with everybody else for a little while. We'll retreat over to the clubhouse at Club 1313. All right, let's get started with today's episode. It's the story of Disney's California Adventure. Greetings, fellow citizens of Disneyland! I would dare to say, whether you're a hardcore Disneylander or just a casual parks fan, you're probably aware of the origin story of Disney California Adventure. It's, in many ways, been over-documented. And so many people take this story from the exact same angle, talking about the cheapness of the park, how the park was put together on a budget, How they had these grandiose ideas of Westcott and how they eventually wormed their way down to something where it's like, yeah, the theme is California, where you're standing. And the theme is theme park because that's an easy, cheap thing to build. And I'm not going to deny there was a lot of laziness that went into the first days of this park. And I'm not also going to lie that there was a pretty much an overall lack of imagination of things that we've come to expect from Disney the Disney brand, and when we see the term Disney Parks. It was a lot of these things, and when people tell the story from that direction, they're not being wrong, but they are being repetitive. Because like I've said, depending on wherever you're at in the world of your Disney fandom, I'm sure you've heard that story. But what I like to focus on when telling the story of Disney's California Adventure, I like to tell the story of the creative problems that went into building this. I would talk about the creative struggle that goes into doing the impossible. Because you see, it's not easy living in the shadow of greatness. And let me give you a little bit of a sidebar example. If your father was a Beatle and happened to be George Harrison, and you're born and you look just like him, and you're a great guitar player, it's almost uh, tragic to try to forge your own career of being a guitar player and a musician because, after all, you'll always stand in the shadow of George Harrison. And if George's son doesn't know this, well, he can ask Julian Lennon, who is a dead ringer for his father, John Lennon. You see, sometimes fortunate sons of daughters of really famous people, they can get a shortcut in life. They can get out a little bit faster. And DCA had that shortcut. They had unlimited amount of people that were always showing up to Disneyland. But, They were being raised, being groomed in the shadow of greatness, which sometimes is a very, very hard shadow to come out of and finally get the sun to shine down on you. Because imagine having a theme park down the street from, right? Imagine having a world-class theme park that you're going to build your theme and you're going to be competing with them, but they're down the street. Imagine being Knott's Berry Farm, for example. They know that Disneyland is down the way, and if people want to do something different with their day, they have a different price point, maybe their interest goes more towards thrill rides than nostalgic storytelling rides, then they can always go to Knott's, and there's a safe distance between the two. But now imagine building this competition right across the Esplanade, being in sightline from what is revered as one of the greatest theme parks that ever has been built. Sure, it was a combination of... All things people always mention. I'm not going to deny the cheapness, the laziness, or lack of imagination, but I feel like the part that people that have never actually designed or built something leave out of the equation is the intimidation. That's the thing that always gets left off the list of when talking about Disney's California Adventures Origin. And it's the thing that I want to focus on because I try to put myself in the position of other creatives. I try to think about what the creative challenge was and how they did or did not resolve to that challenge. In the intimidation of building in the shadow of Disneyland, that is one where you would have to take a long walk, drink a pot of coffee, take a drive in your car, do a couple of showers and go, okay, how do I do this? How do I do this right across from greatness? The intimidation, the fear of failure, had to be absolutely real. The fear of failure in this case, in this story, was absolutely devastating. If you out take a deep breath, let our Michael Eisner hatred go, and think about being the folks that were tasked to design the park across from Disneyland. Because if you set out to do the opposite of Disneyland, to make something that was the complete difference of the equation that would become the Disneyland Resort, if you stepped out to do something completely different, you would get DCA 1.0 in 2001. It was designed to be everything that Disneyland is not. And as a designer, I fully get this concept. And even though the end result wasn't exactly what you would want, I applaud it because let's do this real quick. Maybe you're creative, maybe you're not, but this is a scenario I think everybody can understand. Imagine you have a customer or imagine you have a client that comes to you and they want to hire you to do your services. And this equation will pretend like you're a graphic designer. So you have a client that comes to you and they say, hey, We're starting a second business, and we want a new logo for our second business. Well, you're gonna take on this challenge, and maybe you were a part of the first logo, but chances are you probably weren't. You've come on board with this client after they've already established, going back years, their existing business. So what I wanna say to you, and I mean this in all honesty, looking at this from somebody else's position, are you gonna give that client Are you going to give it back to her the same logo that she already has, but in a different color? Are you going to literally take what somebody else designed and say, well, I can't make better than this? So I'm just going to take what she already has, type out the name of the new company, give it to her in a different color, and say, here it is. This is what I did. Because a good designer would try to complement the first business, right? We want to run these two businesses in tandem. So a good designer would say, okay, This is what matches what you already have. But a good designer would never, ever go in on the first attempt and try to trace, or dare I say, replicate the existing logo. A good designer would say, I want to be seen in here. I want my voice to be heard. I want to show what my artistic interpretation of this creative problem solving is. So I'm not going to build you what you already have. I'm going to show you what could complement what you already have. I'm going to give you the opposite of what you're missing. And anybody who's done design before, you have to admit, it takes a certain amount of ego to be a designer, to be an artist, to be a creative. I mean, after all, you're taking your innermost thoughts and ideas that come from your heart, you're materializing it, you're displaying it, and then you're judged by it. It takes a certain amount of integrity, a certain amount of self-confidence to put those ideas out. So I can completely understand why they were going for the complimentary or the different of Disneyland. You see, DCA... Felled because of this idea which is a worthy execution of ideas but it ultimately it would fail because you can't beat perfection you see i have been to three disneyland parks i know humble brag and that's two more than walt ever went to but even though i was able to be lucky enough to go out to walt disney world's magic kingdom and visit the streets of main street paris I didn't fall in love with Disneyland until I met the original. Disneyland California, simply put, is perfect or as near as we get to perfection in the eyes of design. So my question to you is this, and I mean this as like a like a real exercise to yourself. When given the task of designing DCN, how do you improve upon perfection? Like, how do you literally take something that's perfect and go, oh, I have an idea on how to make this better. You don't. That's a fool's errand. Only a fool would set out to do that. So what you do is you go, well, if I can't make better, how do I set out to make different? And all the ways that people describe the opening of Disney's California Adventure in 2001 as being a failure, I will tell you this. It was extremely successful in being different than Disneyland in every imaginable way. It skewed more into an original IP. You didn't have attractions based on movies and characters that you've grown up loving your entire life. And it also leaned more in an adult direction. I mean, even though they try to rebrand it and remarket it as a place where you could take the family and kids... If you look at the opening day attractions and offerings, this was a place that was designed more with adults in mind. It also allowed alcohol sales park-wide. It was most things that people requested and still often do request. A park where, hey, what happened to original stories being told and I want to be able to drink and I wish there were things for adults to do. In many ways, they were going down the checklist of things that people often say that they want and still do say that they want. But when presented and given, is it really what people want? See, your customers have a way of complaining about what you haven't done for them. But in many ways, they take for granted what you have done for them. So when you follow your customers and always do what people ask you to do, sometimes the customer isn't always right. Sometimes the customer doesn't know as much as the business does because the business has designed researched, and really put their anchor down in whatever sector that they take over. It's dangerous to just follow what customers want. And in many ways, that danger was the beginning of dooming California Adventure. Because even though it was successful in being different and it was successful in going down a checklist that many adults would request for a new theme park, it was ultimately a failure because of one major glaring reason. And this is something that no designer could ever avoid. Disney's California Adventure was a complete and total failure because simply it wasn't Disneyland. It lacked the familiarity of all the characters. It lacked the movies, the adventures that you just look at a building and you go, aha, I know exactly what that is. I know what I'm getting into the moment I do it. It also lacked the charm that only history and legacy affords you. You see, Disneyland didn't start out being nostalgic. It had to earn that. It didn't start out being this place where like, well, how do we keep telling the story of Walt? How do we keep telling the story of two brothers that came to California chasing down a suitcase in a dream? These are the things that happen all along the way. But when you're building something brand new, you're not afforded those royalties of emotions from your customers that just go into a place and it feels sacred to them because they've been told their whole life, this is the happiest place on earth. And when you go there, you take in the notion of today, I'm going to have one of the happiest days of my life. There's absolutely no way that you can build something brand new and still give people The same level of nostalgia that Disneyland had crafted with its 45-year head start. And dare I say, back in 1955, reinventing what the idea of a theme park could mean to people not only here in California or here in America, but around the globe. It simply lacked that thing that we often call magic, which is the feeling of being inside of Disneyland. You just can't create that if you're doing what is different than Disneyland. So ultimately, the experiment of how to complement, of how to do different, it had to be fixed. It had to be resolved. And the way that you do that is you start with the spine of the park. You have to go down the spine and create a whole different experience, which is also a very familiar experience. So when we look at the spine of the park being replaced, let's start at the very back wall of Pixar Pier. And let's think about how that had to be completely redesigned into characters. Taking these sort of generic theme park attractions, rebranding them with characters and movies that your kids and you have experienced together, and they'll probably experience with theirs. Putting the art of narrative and story into these off-the-shelf attractions. Let's think about the fun wheel. Putting Mickey's face on the fun wheel, replacing it with the original son, instantly lets you know that you're in a Disney park. Mickey's face is one of the most familiar things that you'll ever see. Even though, as I've been documenting over my Instagram, it's been drawn a thousand different ways, but there's a part of our brain that if we can just see enough details, we instantly know, Oh, that's a Mickey mouse. That's my friend. That's somebody that I've known my entire life from diapers to adulthood. Mickey mouse has always been there in one form or one fashion. Across the body of water, we have The Little Mermaid, Ariel's Undersea Adventure. Once you go into this dark ride, first off, dark ride is Disneyland. But once you go into this dark ride, you not only see the characters that you recognize, see the characters that you and your children have fallen in love with, but most importantly, you hear the sounds. You hear that soundtrack of your life that is distinctly Disney. So as we work our way on both sides of the body of water, what we have just experienced is a series of familiar friends. Familiar friends that take us to moments in our life. These familiar friends that we found for the first time, and then the first time we were able to share them with our children or our friends. Around this neighborhood of good buddies that we've had for a long time, the water was transformed into the breathtaking nighttime show World of color. This is a Disneyland idea of this thing that people see all day long as a body of water. How do we transform the unexpected into the breathtaking? How do we give this park its very own phantasmic experience? Carsland would give full immersion experience to DCA that even Disneyland was jealous of because Carsland is the first land that ushers in a new age of storytelling that the Imagineers have perfected. It was the warm-up act for Pandora and for what we would see at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and hopefully what we'll soon discover in this very park for Avengers Campus. McCarthy's circle to the front gates is where the most obvious nod to Disneyland resides and it's so important because the first part of a story is always the first part of a story that gets you hooked. You see the opening number of Disney's California Adventure reimagined June 15th, 2012. Buena Vista Street is an exact replica of Main Street, USA. Let's walk through it real quick. When you first come in over to the right, because that's how most people in America walk, because that's how we drive on our roads, immediately to your right, you'll find a series of bathrooms and ATMs. This way, you don't have to carry whatever's in your human with you on this adventure that you've been dying to get to. You finally drove there, you finally parked, you finally got through the ticket booth. But real quick, before we start this, Grandma has to go use the bathroom. There's also an ATM so you can get a little bit of cash if you need to spend throughout the day, and oh, we hope that you do. But once you finally get queued up on the street, you'll realize that it's four blocks of buildings divided by a cross street, exactly like Main Street, USA. Whereas Main Street USA has a little bit more space and the cross street gives you a way to go enjoy your Starbucks, eat that pickle, or eat out on the sidewalks of Carnation Cafe. Here, we don't have as much space. So divide up the building into four blocks. We have the Hyperion Bridge, a baby version of the Hyperion Bridge that exists up in LA. And by the way, this is how the monorail is going to rip through the park all day long. Items that we'll need to start off our day will be found quickly along the right and items to prolong our stay at the end of the day will be all along the left. You know, let's dip in and shop. We're not ready to say goodbye to the magic, and we don't have a hopper ticket, so we're iced out at 10 o'clock, 10.30, while the fun is still happening across the way at Disneyland. And the Chamber of Commerce sits where we would find City Hall. That little brain of the park, it's over to the left. you got to kind of look to find it. We don't want everybody coming right in the gate and going, oh, what's this? And clogging up guest relations as they're trying to make the best of whatever comes their way. And as we get past all that, we find Oswald's, which is a very nicer version of, you know, that last little kiosk looking for your last dollar as you're exiting on the tunnel of the right when you're ready to end your Disneyland night. Yeah, Oswald's is a very much nicer version of that last grab at one cell before you part ways on your next adventure. And I could go on about Carthay Circle, and I did go on last week, but you get the point of just how much this area is a one-to-one replication of everything that made Disneyland successful. And there lies the success of the 2012 version of Disney's California Adventure. You see, DCA had to become Disneyland in order to be successful. It needed to invoke that same nostalgic feeling that you get when you're walking down Main Street, and it just did it in a different timeline of Walt's experience. DCA needed to learn how to tell a story that could not only be told to you, but felt in your heart. It needed to feel both new and familiar all at once. It needed to become what it is. Disneyland's Companion. And as the park has rightfully evolved into being Disneyland's companion, not only now does it sit historically in Disneyland's shadow, but it now also sits in Disneyland's template of perfection. Now that each park fully, truly complements one another, the balance of the Disneyland Resort is complete. You see... What they were missing out on when they set to design this and they opened it up back in 2001, they didn't understand. It didn't need to be different. It just needed to be a compliment. What they didn't realize that they had to learn the hard way through a lot of trial, a lot of experimentation, and a ton of money. They didn't realize in the beginning that it needed to feel like a little bit more of heaven and a little bit more of Disneyland. And now the park feels successful because it's growing, it's maturing, it's being pruned in the shape of Disneyland. And now it truly feels like when you go to the resort, you can get a little bit more of what you want. You can find a little bit more of the magic, and it's just steps away across the Esplanade. Flander, I want to ask you this right now right out of the gate. Let's do it. What is your earliest memory of Disney's California Adventure? Ooh, first month. First, first month? First month. First month. 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. You walked in. Uh-huh.
1: But you were a private citizen. I was a private citizen. I did not have the plaid. No
0: plaid. No plaid. No badge. No badge. Nothing on your breast other than a pocket with maybe a pair of sunglasses in That's it. That's it. No superpowers. No superpowers. <laughs> wow. Clark Kent in That's the diner. Right. <laughs> in the diner being like, whoa, this kind of sucks not being superman.
1: Before I knew my I would be so intertwined whoa. Years <laughs> You've later. You've been thousands of, times, thousands of times. Thousands of times. Thousands of times. But take me back to that first visit. Um looking back on it as not the, you know, super fan that I am now, which I'm sure you can attest to. Yeah. Um the thing I remembered most was when it took a long time to find the attractions that weren't, like, the big ones. Yeah. I very specifically remember going in with family and us only doing Grizzly River Run. Mm-hmm. Sown over California. Mm-hmm. California Screaming. And then we were kind of like... Um, what else do we have to do here? <laughs> yeah, <today? laughs> what else, is, what else is to do? Because, I mean, you get, this was before... You know, cars land before Tower of Terror, even before Monsters, Inc. Like, this, that was, those three, that was
0: it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I go there the first time. Okay. It's already in construction. It's 2011. Okay. You're like right on the cusp. Summer. And everything's boarded up. And, and my friends that I were with were like, oh, I feel so bad that it's all boarded up. I'm like, I don't care. I don't, I don't even know what I'm missing. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm missing, you know? And so I go through and it's all boarded up. And we did a uh, half a day mm-hmm. at DCA. Dipped over to Disneyland, and then because World of Color was brand new, mm. my, my my Sherpa for the day wanted us to end <laughs> over oh. in, in California Adventure. A good Sherpa? He's a good Sherpa. He wanted us to end over at California Adventure uh, to see World of Color, and then he goes, you still got more in you? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We this, to- is,
1: this, is, this is the... Uh- the pre the, the
0: Pre-trampion, <laughs> pre-king of Christmas, pre-shutting it down shut all it the down, time. it down, rip it bricky. Yep. But dude, I shut it down that night, and the next day I had to work an art festival up in LA, mm-hmm. and I hated my life. I was, <laughs> my first visit to Disneyland yielded my first magic hangover. Oh, man. So in the early days, mm-hmm. it was as bad as every YouTube video would tell you. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And- Impressively
1: more so because it's next door to Disneyland. Like, right. As a standalone park by itself, you could almost forgive it. If it was in a field out in San Bernardino, yep. it would be the best thing. There. Oh, this is pretty cool, this is pretty sweet. It's a California theme theme park, mm-hmm. but next to Disneyland, the Woof. mecca, the original, the <laughs> yeah, the often duplicated or never. You know, it, it's that made it impressively worse. Yeah, because God forbid you. Walked from there over, Oof. as opposed to <laughs> as opposed to starting your day at DC, and then you're like, okay, we got Disneyland next, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna be all right. But yeah, oh man, it just the expectation, the buildup, you know, going to Disneyland and finding out that there's gonna be another one here after being a person that knew that other parks existed next to Magic Kingdom, like Epcot and right. Hollywood Studios right. or MGM at the time. You, your mind is starting to create this like. This is going to be a big deal. This is going to be great, and then,
0: yeah, there's an yeah. East Coast West Coast rivalry on uh-huh. Disney fans. Yeah, some people take it lighthearted. Some people are vicious with it because cast members too. <laughs> people over on YouTube have no soul. But what I have uh, come to realize is is that it it must have been a really hard sell when mm-hmm. Disneyland was just Disneyland. And world was already turning into a, a multi-day experience already yeah. competing with their version of Universal which is a multi- day experience
1: yeah they had their four parks already by that point they were they were running it
0: yeah so to just have Disneyland proper which mm-hmm. is you know uh, a very precious park but then you're right when that gets built next door woof
1: yeah woof that's rough huh it's it's and it, there was there's those rumors that Eisner had a dislike recently because it was not nearly as impressive as a vacation destination. So that led to the creation of creating a destination that made the park more than just a single day or two day visit, because most people would stay two days, no more than that. One day, spend the night, then the next day. But no
0: one was doing more than two, because it just wasn't really necessary at the time. Are you making a claim that Michael Eisner missed the point? (laughs) <laughs> what a what a rare what a rare what a rare hot take! Wow, you heard my it here. hottest take. You heard it here first, folks. Yo, they were showing how much Eisner got paid and how much the Bobs got paid. <laughs> Eisner's a genius. He was he, in in the eighties and nineties. He was making two hundred mil and nineties mm-hmm. money, man. And you put the Bobs together, they didn't make that much <laughs> no. last year. So the, so when it started out, it was bare bones, and they really. They did a lot of uh, added value, like yeah. like the Bountiful Gardens, right? Mm-hmm. That is really like what can we put in this spot? <laughs> there were a lot of placeholders. It's amazing to me to think that there was ever a time where like coming this summer, Bugs Land, yep, and that was going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. So the transformation of the park is definitely a little bit sloppy, a little bit messy, mm-hmm. but I think we both agree that it's ended up in a really good sweet spot. Oh yeah, it's 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 coming into its own it's
1: it's creating its own history and you have so many people i think now that can barely remember the original to where those kind of like that thought process of what it was like has yeah. left so many people's minds at this point now that they're they're almost like their dca starts with the beginning of the reimagining in like 08 when midway mania came and then continue with mermaid world of color cars Land you know i think that's where it's almost start, the starting point cuz i it's a few, there are a few people that can actively truly recall specific memories that i've encountered um, before that like and that's first year that's first year without bugsland without monsters without tower like that's that wow. first like few like first year at least i think there's a few people that actively truly recall what, what it was like being in there
0: the one thing that i really wish would have made it from the original okay the orange stinger. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've never rode the silly symphony mm-hmm. swings. I know I mumbled that. Uh, because I don't do that kind of ride. Yeah, you don't need the swings. But that big, that big orange, orange. <laughs> sitting next to the water, mm-hmm. that was such an icon. Yeah. I love that so much. Mm-hmm. Too bad they couldn't have worked Orange Bird into that. <laughs> right? He's, he's already made. Bring him he's back. Got to do it.
1: That was back when there was all that like big stuff in the corner. So you had the Malibu Boomer. You had the Orange.
0: You had um... the Orange did look good though. Mm-hmm. That was that was clever. It said Orange County. Yep. Like that was a for real icon. And I feel like if today, I feel like enough time has passed. Yeah. That if I was brought in to figure out what kind of 20th anniversary merchandise we want to make. We could sell that. Mm-hmm. That is something that could for sure get sold today. There's enough <laughs> distance in time where people are like, "Oh man, that's like the most OC thing they ever made." <laughs> I would, like there's
1: no retro DCA merchandise. Like they there's tons of it for Disneyland and other parks, but they're like, "Uh,
0: maybe not go back. Let's it's not, not remind. <laughs> Let's <laughs> never. Rem- Shh, it never happened. It didn't happen." <laughs> that's what they want you to remember. It so didn't tw- happen. So 2008 it starts to find its way. Mm-hmm. So in that first stretch of years, that first seven years, Mm -hmm. you go the first month, do you go? Is it, when you show up, are you just like, I'm not even messing with that. Is it just Disneyland, do or die, nothing else? That was,
1: so for me it was funny because it was my dad. He was like, oh, we're not coming back anymore. He was... I'm not going to be fooled by that. <laughs> like the very dad it's responsive. Such a dad mm-hmm. thing. And you know now. Yeah. Well, I ain't spending like, money on that. Yep, yeah, New Park. Okay. Let's do, let's, let's go see both of them. And he was yeah. like, we're not, we don't need to do that one anymore. Fool me once. Mm-hmm. And me as a kid, I'm like, I want to, you know, I want to still do California Screaming again. That was fantastic. I love yeah. Soren. He's like, nope. Not for another. We're not doing that anymore. Yeah.
0: Yes. So what the biggest complaint was, and it's now obvious retrospect mm-hmm. that. They just didn't put the Disney brand into yep. the park. Mm-hmm. You're going to Disneyland, you're going to the downtown Disney. You know, that's when downtown Disney opened up a month before. Mm-hmm. You're going to the Disneyland resort and there's just not any Disney in there. Mm-mm. Which makes a strong argument for why don't they make rides that don't have anything to do with movies and cartoons yep. anymore? Because they did that. They now, did albeit you might not have liked the theme, but it epically failed because there's something about we wanna see mickey mouse we want to see mm-hmm. the fab five we want to see these adventures that a lot of people have really dove into yeah. on the big screen now i'm not one of those people this is the moment where i make people mad because i don't watch the movies <laughs> but i have and you've seen it mm-hmm. you have an appreciation for my unique love of this place yes because i love it not knowing that mm-hmm. that little skeleton drinks the cocoa and becomes a boy <laughs> it's
1: a great movie by the way by
0: the way have you seen soul I have. A saxophone becomes a boy. <laughs> <laughs> the heart the wrenching tale of a boy that becomes a saxophone. The saxophone p- finally plays that song mm-hmm. and <laughs> turns into a boy. This is the third act of the movie. Oh, I love it. Love it so much. I'm like, that saxophone's going to turn into a boy. I, I know where this I is got, going. I can feel it. This is where it's going. I, yeah, it didn't.
1: it? It was the lack of Disney characters, it was more shops and restaurants and attractions. Like, there was just it wasn't a, a ton to do, and and I think that was the biggest thing because Disneyland is is covered in attractions, covered, yeah. yeah. Like as you know, they're stacked on top of each
0: other. Disneyland is the New York City of theme parks. Mm-hmm. When you walk through New York City, if you've never been there before, mm-hmm. every block you're like, I recognize that, I recognize yep. that. Disneyland is that way, and when you go to Paris or World, you're like, Ugh, let me stretch out. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Disneyland Paris, their Fantasyland. There's just extra room. Yeah. Uh, And in my Disneyland brain, I'm like, uh, we could fit five dark rides in that field. (laughs) What is that doing there?
1: And it didn't help that they made the walkways bigger for the more crowds. Right. So it looked even emptier than it actually was because now you've got nobody in that park. And then for years, they they did the Band-Aid treatment where the executives of the time period didn't fix the main problem and just tried to stick band-aids on top of it to get people in there. And that was where a lot of the big issues came in. Because as great as Tower of Terror was, even that
0: amazing attraction didn't flip the switch. And that was a that had already existed out in Orlando, right? Mm-hmm. So it's something that we already have the plans for. Although they did have to fine tune it because. Yeah, yeah, we got the weaker one of those. <laughs> While well, it, it is fun, it's a <laughs> smaller footprint. It is a smaller footprint. Don't even get me started about what that thing looks like when you take it to Asia. <laughs> that thing
1: is huge there. Oh, it's beautiful. It's a that's a that's a gorgeous building. Yeah,
0: it really is, and it, it's insane. <laughs> that's a theme park attraction. I know.
1: Like it doesn't look. It looks like something ornate that you'd find in the
0: middle of a city somewhere. So, sort of my fascination fascination with Disney's California Adventure is how it started out. Uh, you know, the epic failure has been documented of so course. much. I don't even want to spend that much time on it. But it, to me, even though there's a lot of California now slowly getting extracted from it as it's turning into a real Disney park, and ultimately, I believe at its 50 year anniversary, it'll be called Disney's Adventure. Mm-hmm. I could see the word California just getting yep pulled out. But what it has become. Is the locals park. Yes. Because if you're on a budget, back in the old days, you're never blacked out. You can, mm-hmm. you always are allowed in DCA. If your ticket's good, you can go in there, mm-hmm. but Disneyland, you might not be able to get into. And locals also know Disneyland's a mess. I love it. I know everything that's happening there. I don't see Fantasmic for the 100th time. <laughs> I'm going to go over to DCA. <laughs> and in many ways, DCA has become. The locals' park. Yes, when people come in from Australia, if they got one day, they go to Disneyland. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, as the hopper ticket got so expensive, they prioritize the Magic, Old Faithful, and that just builds to the fact that DCA—it's where the festivals happen. They're transitioning into a holiday park, like Mm -hmm. it's just where the locals like to roam.
1: Yeah, it. The vibe there was clear, especially as we got into like the last few years. As Disneyland was always busier, it was more crowded. DCA having the alcohol, the yeah. festivals, the dance parties, like it created a vibe all into itself that was so distinctly different from Disneyland that it became the place, like the kind of hangout spot where I know a ton of like locals and Paso's that would start their visit there and then end, out, end up at Disneyland solely because that park was open later. Okay.
0: That closing early of DCA <laughs> drives me insane. You know why they do it, right? I don't care. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't want to hear your propaganda. Go ahead. Tell me why.
1: They only do it so that the trams are not, like, blown out of the world by having okay. both parts oh, okay. closed. Easy,
0: easy with the hard T in front of the trampion. <laughs> so, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Make more trams. Because- <laughs> yeah, make more trams. Both? Because it closes at 10 o'clock mm-hmm. or 9 o'clock. Who only knows? But the food starts shutting down two hours before. That's fair. Now, I mean, that, that's actively fair. When I'm in DCA and I see the sun going behind the fun wheel, I'm like, I better grab a sandwich. <laughs> because I'm about 20 minutes away from like, now nah, we closed an hour ago. <laughs> that is
1: fair. That is fair. Especially for a park that is promoting like, you know, essentially an alcoholic beverage at
0: every location where you can buy food. The food should be there longer. I don't blame you. Forgive the brain because mm-hmm. well, I haven't been in the full DCA for a while. The original name, the Cove Bar, mm-hmm. that that was the original name mm-hmm. of the bar up on top of where mm-hmm. King Triton's uh, establishment was. Yep. The Cove Bar was one of the best places to hang out in Orange County. Yep, without it, a doubt. It's all locals. Good luck getting a table. If you get one of those rail spots and you can watch World from there, I mean, that was a spot. Mm-hmm. And, and to be able to recognize, this is a Disney park. This is a global icon. People save up all year long to take a trip, to go here. It's a once-in-life opportunity, but if you're blessed to live in Orange County or L.A., yep. the Cove Bar is just where you hang. Mm-hmm. That is that is a charmed life. And I, I remember for years- Put me in the time machine now. <laughs> Put me there.
1: Put me in that seat right there. <laughs> oh, God. I, re- I remember when it wasn't that popular. I remember it, and it, it started over as they started to improve the food quality- they added those specialty drinks that are incredibly Instagrammable. Yeah. And that was when it, it really just flipped the switch. And that, and you, you, I'm sure you have many of your rips would walk right by it. And there'd be a huge line to get in. Yeah. And that became the spot. And people, you know, this secret drink menu, it became like this locals thing that it almost would be hard to explain to someone that didn't go there all the time which I'm sure you've had to do a few times they're like what is happening yeah don't <laughs> here. even maybe we could get a table there no nope, nope. no no we didn't show up three hours before all the yeah. other food
0: started to shut down yeah we'll just look at it as we walk by so let me ask you this as it's transitioned and it's become where you start
1: your tours yeah I would say 80% of them start in California venture
0: if you had to pick mm-hmm. a favorite DCA attraction, as of twenty twenty when we locked up the gates, what would be your favorite oh that is gonna be a i'm dipping in between racers and
1: guardians of the galaxy Whew. that's a uh, that's a hard, that's a hard toss. one um i almost ha- the 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 dark right enthusiast of me has to lean a bit more towards. Racers, I think,
0: because of that, and as much as I love Guardians. Racers is the perfect ride. It is. Three acts, Mm -hmm. three different things happening, uh, storytelling, leisure, and a real fun thrill-seeking in Mm -hmm. that just gives you that little bit of adrenaline. The way that you get off of that cart and you walk through the Valley of Ornaments there, (laughs) oh, my God. I mean, everybody is happy there Mm -hmm. because I've stood there before waiting for a dead spot to film with nobody behind me, Mm -hmm. and just the contact buzz of people just coming around that corner, talking about their race, reliving. How long is that attraction?
1: It's just under five minutes long. The entire thing? The entire thing. Wow.
0: Slow down. You're not racing yet. (laughs) Wow. Slow down. You're not racing yet. feels like 15 minutes, man.
1: Yeah, and I know because there's days uh, on a VIP tour if I had six people, that means I wouldn't buy the attraction. I'd put them on, and I'd walk around and wait at the exit. So I, I literally would stand at the exit where we had the guests with disabilities enter an exit, and I would wait uh-huh. there as the guests came down the stairs. So I would, I would literally hear everyone getting off the attraction coming that out that way, and all of them. Oh, that was so much fun! We won. We lost. It was amazing. And again, that contact high of these. I look at everybody just, just absolutely enjoying
0: themselves. Just a beautiful, beautiful attraction. Mm-hmm. Really, I think, kind of the first. First land, first attraction, and a whole new chapter that we're living through right now. Mm -hmm. You know, that lays the groundwork for, um, uh, forgive me for not knowing it off the top of my head, uh, Pandora out in the the East Coast. Mm -hmm. That lays the groundwork for what we have at Galaxy's Edge on both coasts. Like, for what they're doing right now on the backside of that lagoon they're putting in in Paris. Like, uh, a lot of what you see out in Japan, like, it starts. There. That's them flexing their muscle that we're ready for a whole new chapter yeah, in storytelling. And I
1: think with a lot of people too, they come from a time period where Disney, at least if they had not visited any of the other parks, especially not going out to Florida, the last epic thing that the company had done in that time period was Indian 95. So there was no big That blew my mind. Yeah. When I learned that the freeze, uh-huh. like when I
0: did when I became a student of Disneyland, I'm like, oh Indiana <laughs> Jones is the new ride? Yeah, that was from the ninety five. I was in community college then, dog.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to think that Galaxy's Edge was the last brand new attraction built in Disneyland, not counting Buzz, which was 05, but that was a re- – like, they right, reused right. that building. That's the
0: old Tomorrowland shell game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, yeah, people, I think almost – it's easy f- to forget what Imagineering is capable of because for so long, like – as, as fun as, it, as screaming is, you know, this, this is another roller coaster. Like there are roller rollercoasters like that all around the world. Soren was the big wow because even yeah. grizzly bear run. As fun as that is, is just still another tubing. You know, does attraction. that ever get
0: animatronics added to it? Does that ever get a story
1: put oh, into wow. it? Tony wanted to put animatronic bears in there, and that's
0: what it's missing. Uh-huh. I can't I like when I found out there were no bears. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I'm over it. No. I'm not going to walk around with wet Japanese denim all day for that no. no. Tony B wanted to put of course audio he did. in there of course he did. And that You know who doesn't write the checks? Tony B. <laughs> he doesn't write
1: the checks. He uh that attraction I have told it to guests and they're like I said I can take it or leave it while the mountain itself is uh, stunning and as you've mentioned time and time again about how great it is that by creating a a barrier that adds to yeah. the beauty of the park. Yeah. It's yeah. just another rafting attraction. They have one of those at knots like but you know,
0: it's so funny how DCA has really had to come into its own. Yes, because if you break it down, it, it, it many times it is a one to one cover band mm-hmm. of Disneyland. Yep. I mean, a lot of people don't put it together because it feels emotionally different. <laughs> but if Carthay is the castle, mm-hmm. Grizzly Peak is Matterhorn. Mm-hmm. It's that one two punch. That big, uh, you know, visual uh, ob- obscure. What am I trying to say here? That. Another a uh, weenie, yeah, <laughs> big weenie, the big weenie. <laughs> and I've often tried to think in my mind if they ever took it out because I feel it is a subpar experience, even mm-hmm. though I've never rode it. If they did take it out, my lord, how different would it be with oh that? My gosh. With just a crater, yeah, just a crater. And I mean, look, they could put something in there. They know the magic. They could mm-hmm. build it. I do believe that property could be used better. But like, I don't even a know how you go about taking something like that oh out. Oh My gosh, because as far as I'm aware of, a Disney Mountain has never been destroyed. Mm-mm. they get built they never get taken apart' have not getting at least not yet <laughs> and, well, hey, give me a hammer but I it, it is fascinating that even though it's an attraction that you probably don't ride alike or don't have an affinity to you don't buy merch you know you don't wait for jared to make a print out of it um <laughs> but it is. A kind of an important part of the park yeah. because of that visual and i have to say during the pandemic getting to sit next to the waterfall yeah which is a... which has been turned off <laughs> since the first week of december <laughs> nature how do you do that <laughs> how do you turn off waterfalls you know some
1: beavers stopped it up <laughs> <Yeah>. you
0: know <laughs> don't go chasing that waterfall because it has stopped <laughs> so walk me through this if you had to pick if you're plain clothes philander all right You're just there, no wife, no kid, Mm -hmm. no bricky bothering you. (laughs) You're just there after hours, and you can't find a cast member to talk to for 45 minutes. Where, where's your emotional spot? Like where you want to just sit in that in that park?
1: What if it's a street? Yeah, yeah. What What if it's a street when the trolley is running?
0: (laughs) <laughs> hey, man, is there anything that makes you happier than seeing Mickey wave to you out the the side of that? No,
1: nothing other than that. That's peak California that's adventure peak. Right there, right when there. the
0: red car newsboys
1: had finished, and he's heading out. Yeah. Oh, I, there were
0: there would be families that would follow him all the way to the end. Oh! Just so they would- How could
1: you not? How
0: could you not? That noise I just made, that's the joy of seeing mm-hmm. Mickey waving out the back with his old-timey outfit on.
1: Having the- and I'm, I would almost ask you your favorite bench in that area, but having the- position of seeing the people come in, mm-hmm. the people leave, mm-hmm. the music that's period that's playing. Yeah. That ding-ding of the trolley going up and down, that kinetic energy, the the balloons being sold,
0: monorail going across oh the Hyperion gosh, bridge, the
1: monorail, the popcorn being cooked there. <laughs> that churro also, Willy's, hey,
0: like the uh, Willy churro, great little hidden mm-hmm. artifact, but also if you go over to the other side in front of the newspaper there. That metal popcorn stand, Mm -hmm. I love that thing. That retro metal mid-century America, like uh, metal, or actually before mid-century, like it looks like a a miniature New Jersey diner. I love that popcorn. (laughs) You know that's the best popcorn on on property, Uh, uh,
1: extensively tested by me.
0: uh, Let me just tell you, (laughs) a lot of times (laughs) Disneyland popcorn smells way better than it tastes. That
1: is fair. So you're telling me that's where you get the freshy, Mm -hmm. and I will tell you how I know this. By testing each and every one over the course of two days, because <laughs> they they used to give us, and I'm sure they'll still do in the future, they used to give us coupons to get free popcorn. And between back when my wife used to work there and friends, we actively visited every single popcorn cart, and that one always consistently tasted the best. And I don't know if it's because that is the most recent um, popcorn machine put in, mm. so it's the newest Got one. Got that new grease. There you go. But that one has always tasted, and it, it smells fantastic. By the way, as well, well and it's got well. the caramel cookie there, cooker there. Well,
0: well, Orville filling button, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and also sitting by the fountain because I get that, that
0: that that water sound from yeah, the fountain. Yeah, the water sound does a good job of silencing out children. <laughs> I, I would say for me, because they're busy ruining. Uh, we, don't, <laughs> we don't need to say we the don't next need part. To go that far. Uh, for me, I I have I've really enjoyed. BVS, like mm-hmm. hanging out somewhere around that that offset hub. It's kind of nice because it's offset enough where it was like a little bit of a confusion. Yes. So people just kind of like, ah, oh, where are we going and hanging out? But I, I've I've had a lot of joy. There's that little plaza that's out it's in front of Clarabelle's, mm-hmm. but over to the right of Starbucks. Yes. And they got little cafe tables there. Mm-hmm. And I have found that getting one of those little cafe tables, so you're kind of up against Starbucks. So you're like kind of off the beaten that's a good path, spot. and you can just kind of watch it all go by,
1: like facing Carthay,
0: right? Yeah, facing that's, Carthay. That's a great spot. So you could see the, the Five and Dime if they come mm-hmm. around, and you can also see Red Car do its turn, and you know vendors going by with the balloons. And my problem mm-hmm. with uh, BVS is it's, it's the the it's always in the shade. Yes. It's very hard to get it like properly lit, mm-hmm. uh, which is weird because Main Street's on the same trajectory, but doesn't seem to have that same problem. <laughs> it's because it's Disneyland. Yeah, it's, just... <laughs> hey, a real thing, because I'm always looking up search terms and stuff for Disneyland, a real thing that people search enough that it pops up in your browser, is there a bubble over Disney oh, World that controls the weather? I've had
1: active people ask me that question.
0: Lock them up. <laughs> <laughs> they're crazy people to think that that's... I mean, Disney's got magic. They ain't got that much magic. Yeah. I mean, it's they're like, still using a white balloon to see if the fireworks <laughs> yeah. can go off. It's like, hey, it's kind of chilly. You guys thinking about putting the putting the bubble up or... So over your journey mm-hmm. of DCA, what has been sort of the most, like, best emotional beat for you there? Like, parade show? Like, what do you think really orchestrates like the heart of how that park is a Disney park.
1: Ooh. um, uh, Let's see. I think it has to be. I think it's got to be Cars Land because that's yeah. I, I I came in that day. I, I went in with no plans of attempting to do racers. Like I just wanted to see. You're talking about opening day?
0: Mm hmm. Okay.
1: Just wanted to see people flat out enjoying themselves like i didn't go into work that day like i was off that day my wife had to work when she worked there uh bless her heart she was uh stores castember in Carsland that day <laughs> uh, <laughs> which she, she will never forget that by yeah, way. never forget uh waiting people waiting uh, an hour to get into to just get into sarges oh man <laughs> <laughs> but it was seeing more people in that park than i've ever seen before one and i remember going up to the top and i know you know this spot well where the Blue Sky Cellar is facing Cali- facing Cars Land. Hey, you know what?
0: That's a great spot. <laughs> it too. is a great spot. That is that. You know what? That is a great spot. Mm-hmm. That patio often overlooked. Yes, because Blue Sky Sailor sits like bizarrely empty f- like oh we ain't oh, got oh god
1: don't even get me started on the damn blue skies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no ideas right now yeah. <laughs> we got nothing to show gray skies <laughs> it's but, cloudy today but yeah that little patio mm-hmm. that is a great spot yep. I, that, I actually went up there a lot to to film into uh avengers campus oh yeah because you're up just high enough mm-hmm. that you can kind of get a little bit a little you know, bit of height over it get a little bit more over that fence and then they're like what are you doing i'm like nah, nah, what nah, time nah, is it oh can you, where's the closest bathroom? <laughs> 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 Do
1: you guys validate parking? What? (laughs) Zoink, two little smoke clouds. But it was going up at opening Mm -hmm. um, because I didn't want to go. I didn't go early enough because I remember going home from work that night before and seeing the line of people waiting for cars on the next day. They went down past the buses, down Harbor Boulevard, and I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, I'm happy I'm not working (laughs) tomorrow. But going in there and walking up to that spot and just seeing the stream of people just... Like the part for the first time, and the part that the, felt like truly alive, as opposed to, it got close to that when um, World of Color first debuted as well, mm. but seeing that 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 Route 66 just absolutely full, you couldn't see the ground, and then at while I was up there for a little bit, George Calagridis, who was president at the time, came and popped up there. He didn't like come and talk to me, because he didn't know I was a cast member, but I introduced myself, but... He came up there also just to see everyone coming in because even for them in that moment, this was the the massive investment that they put in over the course of the last five years.
0: And you know, we see the construction that lasts three years, Mm -hmm. and and, but they've been working on this for a decade.
1: For a decade,
0: you know, they have been hedging their bets, planning Mm -hmm. on it. It's all and you just there's something about when you are a part of something like that, seeing it come to life, Mm -hmm.
1: it'll choke you up. I remember. Going into Cars Land Another working day I think it was the second day When I was working And Kevin Rafferty Who you could say Is the father of Cars Land Yeah He was standing up By where the um, By uh, the Stanley Fountain mm. Just watching everybody Coming out of racers Just literally imagine, Like Future Disney legend Getting that Contact high Off of something He made Yeah Like actively worked on Seeing everybody Streaming out of the exit Just raving about racers Like Like that that was I think for me the turning point. Like this is something now. And if this is the quality they're putting forth the last five years with Roll of Color, Midway Mania, Mermaid, uh, this this is a a bright future now. Like we this this park is almost like you're saying this park is gonna be okay. Like yeah. we didn't know for sure prior. And like that concept art for cars and looked great, but still like what's it gonna be like? You never know.
0: You never know. You know, you see some concept art to really <laughs> get you excited. It's fun to have experienced something? Yes, it's always been there, and then you go back and look at the concept concept part. Like, <laughs> and by the way, shout out to Kevin. I know that he just recently got laid off. <laughs> he and Joe Rody just got laid just, off. They Just let him go. So, <laughs> listen, guys, I think we're done here. Like, <laughs> hey, if you guys need a uh, somebody on your resume, let me know. Uh, cars Land would do it again. Four and a half stars on <laughs> <laughs> Cars Land on Yelp. You know what another great spot is? Is um, uh, forgive me for not exactly knowing the name. Okay. But uh, there's the winery there mm-hmm. that's on the the dead center of Performance Corridor mm-hmm. looking over at the Pacific Wharf area. There's the winery restaurant there. Mm-hmm. But then there's that b- small balcony. Oh, to, yes, yes. Up in the f- What is the name of that place? Because that's like a
1: bunch of different places, but the uh, are you talking about the balcony like little restaurant up that's up yeah, there? The, oh, the alfresco.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. which means outdoors. Uh, that alfresco area up mm-hmm. there. That, it, me and my bud carry, we sat up there one night on the rail, and I didn't really know that it existed. Mm-hmm. Like, I had seen it before, but never really put two and two together that you could go up there because it was shut down for a long time. Yeah. And then they brought it back to everybody, and then they turned it into an AP only mm-hmm. area. So, me and my buddy carry, we just sit up there. We had a phenomenal conversation on a Friday after a long week oh, of work. That sounds so great. <laughs> Watched the sun go down, and we're just like hanging out, you know, just talking shop. I mean, we were talking politics, we're talking religion, we're talking Disneyland, we're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, he's an older guy than me, and, you know, he built a business. I'm talking about my business. Yeah. Just, like, just like literally having like a really good like friend talk mm-hmm. and just up there, kind of just watching the world go by, mm-hmm. you know, and you can look down uh, Route 66, you can see people going up and down. Performance Corridor, you know. Ugh, Pacific yeah. Wharf is a really beautiful part of the park mm-hmm. that because it feels like a food court, people <laughs> mm-hmm. overlook it. Yep. But the exterior wall that faces the parade route oh, is so well done. So well done. Mm-hmm. And then over on the area where um, the uh, Girardelli is, you know, where it, it's a little bit more Main Street, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. you can actually, before it just kind of like spits you out into the food court <laughs> mm-hmm. area, it's such a cute little area over there.
1: I love that. And I'm, I, the, this, uh, the Wine Country Tutorial restaurant, there's the second floor where it was intentionally built for when they were really busy, but they never used it. But I always would love to eat up there because then you got that view because if you're sitting by the railing, you got the view from up above. And up from there, you would see – you could see all of the pier. You could see yeah. all of Cars Land. And depending on where you sat, you could even lean over and see Tower of Terror slash Guardians. But they never have it open. Like, And it, it stinks because the view is so great. Not that the one on the bottom is terrible either because then you're still facing that – great wharf wall there and then right. the may go by during the day but it's just those up high views are fantastic and getting to like sit up there with your your buds and have a meal and look out over like the sun setting like over the pier like
0: it's like they need to open it
1: we had one point turned it into a um like a vip tour rest area yeah granted people don't rest that often but hey <laughs>
0: It's exhausting not waiting
1: in line all day. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say something. About that. It's like you know what? I think hey, I just need to take a <laughs> break. We're moving through all these rides so fast.
0: If those people can relax, the world is just. You know that's what I like to hear. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this: parade mm-hmm. in DCA. Where's your favorite? And I, I'm gonna throw away the um, Pixar Play Parade. Okay. Because it was fun, yes, but didn't really have Mm-mm. that magic. So let's go with Paint the Night. All right, when Paint the Night,
1: oh, precious Paint the Night.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> do a little do de- 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 <laughs> Oh God! Don't, <laughs> don't get, don't get me started. You go high, I'll go low. <laughs> um, Paint the Night. If you're there, mm-hmm. street, plain street, close Jones. Where's the best spot to watch Paint the Night uh, in DCA? Because I
1: have a spot. Okay. You got a spot. Let me see. Hmm. I, oh, favorite, favorite spot. And are we taking logistics out of it? Because part of me is also thinking
0: of, of like a tour guide brain a little bit, but I'm trying to like turn it, that part of it off. Well, I'll give you two spots and then I would love to hear what you have to say. Okay. Because, one, if you can time it right and you're eating at the the winery there, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, the music they play at the winery, like when you're walking down the performance (laughs) corridor, my wife and I always laugh because when we walk through there and we hear the music, Mm -hmm. it sounds like the last episode in every Real Housewives (laughs) where they're like, Vicky is trying to understand her husband's side of things. She's got a new job. She hasn't seen her son in six months, but she hopes they can, you know, get back together. Like it sounds like the wrap up. For, so when we walk through there, I always tell Beth like a fictional ending to Real Housewives. So if you can time it right, and you can be up there dining, yes, and you can get close to the rail. It's just a relaxing. A you're you're chilling. You don't have anybody in front of you. But if you're going on the street, mm-hmm. I want to see it. Over in Hollywood land, in Hollywood Boulevard. Because I think Disney parades look better in an urban setting because yes, it makes it feel more
1: real. Mm-hmm. And then you get the lights bouncing off of yes. the architecture. It
0: also just, it kind of hugs it yep. a little bit and just makes it feel more real. Like performance corridor, sometimes you just feel too much like you're in an amusement park.
1: Mm-hmm. So, okay, that was one of my spots. But for me personally, I love when a parade is hitting you
0: dead on. Oh,
1: so, straight on. Huh? Mm-hmm. Come, literally coming at you. So you're
0: going to be over by the hub.
1: Yep, I'm going to be at the hub. Or if it was Hollywood land, I would be with the uh, kind of like back to Hyperion looking down Hollywood Boulevard mm-hmm. towards Buena Vista Street. Mm-hmm. So it's coming at you that way because you get like the, you get to see it kind of coming. And then at that moment, I love when you also get the the turn in parade floats as yeah. well. Yeah. Where you get kind of, it's been hitting at you head on the whole time. And then you get the turn almost toward the last minute and you kind of get the slow look of it as you go by. Because I'm never a fan of sitting. Um, except if you get a dining one, like you said, sitting where you're having to kind of lean over for it to see it. Yeah. And you're almost not really getting to appreciate it for what it is until it almost is directly in front of you because you are like you see those people on Main Street kind of leaning down Main Street to see it coming, and they're enjoying it, and you have it almost in your face at the very moment it's at you, but I love when it's coming head on. It's so like the VIP viewing area is a great spot because they have it in the-, the Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked. I would say I think the best part about it is just sitting down as opposed to where it is because you oh. can put, put people anywhere. Dude,
0: I'm about to get one of those white chairs tattooed, <laughs>
1: tattooed on me.
0: <laughs> those beautiful white chairs. And you're like, Bricky, what's that? It's like,
1: if you, know, if you know, you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you know, that you is know. the ultimate in elegance where I like to go.
0: <laughs> but, you know, you're right. That, that turn part mm-hmm. is right, because if I think about my favorite place to see a parade in Disneyland, mm-hmm. when I went for both the opening of Paint the Night and when I went there uh, for the soft opening of Magic oh, Happens. Magic Happens. front of the train station. <laughs> There it is. In front of the train station. You get to, you get to see it coming down mm-hmm. Main Street. You, you just have the whole, you know, the, the all the people everywhere in the town square. But, yeah, you get to enjoy it a little bit more because it has to make those turns. Mm-hmm. And it, it's going slow in front of you because it knows it's got to turn again. Mm-hmm. And I also love seeing, like, wow, they really, uh, <laughs> they really measured what can make that turn. Oh, yes. Because they're, like, six inches away from not making it. <laughs> I think about that all the time time
1: and not only for parades but also attractions like when i see the midway mania vehicles come back into station i'm looking at the literally centimeter between load station and vehicle and i'm like they, oh. they hit it to a head like if they had me- messed up by even a centimeter it would wreck and destroy the whole thing
0: i was backstage once mm-hmm. checking in to go do uh printing over at one and so they had this little canopy tent. I'm like, oh, what's on the tent? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cast member today. Bricky back, backstage. And I like looked around the tent, <laughs> and it was oh, I, th- I can't remember. I think it was sensational. Mm-hmm. And they had it parked, and every parade cart was literally two inches from each other. Mm-hmm. And to see the whole parade like sitting in a cube, it's yep. insane, because normally it's from the castle to, to uh, town square.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and to see it in a big pile of junk. Like, Whoa, yeah. What are you
1: doing here? When you backstage, when I'm leaving or going home for the day or walking back, seeing them all parked, yeah, like behind the um, or we call it the egg house gate, but it's oh, the, yeah, yeah, the old yeah. egg house. <laughs> <laughs> but where Mickey and Minnie and the characters yeah. meet, having it all them all parked around each other
0: back there by the uh, exit corridor there, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: and having the cast members that are back there with their like airport flashlights kind of bringing it in because this is a huge, like you're like talking about yeah. like a 20, 30 foot long car you're driving or truck and they don't like turn that great so like seeing them maneuver themselves through there it's like such an art like there's times when i've stopped and like watched them come back in and like park it somebody figures that out somebody figures it out i
0: love that so job. much <laughs> so favorite spot would be probably by the fountain so you can get say, that turn mm-hmm. i would say the
1: if it's not the fountain it's going to be at the end of hollywood land with Ooh. it having started from the pier
0: so you're seeing it Turn right in front of Hyperion. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's Turn good, right
1: going towards Guardians.
0: My favorite spot is that, but I'm standing on Spider Man's shoulders. <laughs> so I can get a good view of it. Maybe Taskmaster. Oh, no. I, don't I, don't I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so let's do this. It's on its way to becoming uh its own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, to quote a lot of Disney boys it, Disney boys to quote a lot of Disney movies, it's on its way to becoming a real boy. Mm-hmm. But my my question for you is this. If you were to improve one thing for DCA, what Hollywood would you? Hollywood Land. Hollywood Land? <laughs> it's, and it
1: was sad because it was the one spot that didn't get the upgrade like all of them did. Yeah. Because when 2012 came and they redid the entire park, they had us go through all this new thing where they changed it from into the traditions class where you learned about the new vision for DCA, and they, hit, they turned the areas into
0: neighborhoods.
1: Every land got a little spruce up except for Hollywood Land. It never
0: got it. Which means- they didn't want to put money into it because it's the first to go. Uh, yep. That's what I would think. But not so,
1: Schmoozies. That'll, they'll be there forever.
0: <laughs> when you look at that thing, you're like, huh. And then you, <laughs> and then you remind yourself, Schmoozies and the men's room, right, when you come in? Mm-hmm. Those are the last yep. two, like, not touch things. Yep, Schmoozies like, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> We've been here since day one. Schmoozies <laughs> never goes away. <laughs> so, okay, would you change Hollywood Boulevard, or are we talking more specifically about the back lot like where are you putting up your barricades and mm. just going down to raw earth oh man i
1: there's a part of me that wants to keep the hollywood area but then we've now got so far away from california like is the need for that to be there even important like it once was before yeah um but for sure if i even kept hollywood Boulevard, back lot is going down to
0: dust like If I'm putting up the the walls of death, <laughs> you can walk down Hollywood Boulevard, mm-hmm. and then you see a wall of death when you would go back into the back lot. Yes. And the wall of death would go around smoothies, mm-hmm. <laughs> stop around the Fairfax fruit stand. Because the cast members put up a human wall yeah. to protect them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, they're just in there polishing it up yeah. <laughs> for the smoothies 25th anniversary. But I, I would for sure, and then the next wall of death mm-hmm. would- Probably be at the edge of Hyperion. Yes. And then just, you know, flank over to the first building. Because I mm-hmm. like those old-timey buildings. I think it's a really beautiful street. Mm-hmm. I think you could easily because for me, that area is way bigger than what people think. Yeah. I remember there was almost a time when they rerouted the monorail to give mm-hmm. even more space back there. But to me, the only thing that makes sense going in there is more Avenger stuff. Yeah. Because it is uh, more valuable than star wars mm-hmm. it has so many films it's such a rich property and to limit that pillar of the company to that small yep, little like space small space that's flanked by something on all i mean it's a donut hole um go ahead and blow out behind guardians <laughs> and mm-hmm. take me all the way up to the edge of the espadon and that's how much space i think marvel deserves i don't really know what else? I mean, there. I'd heard people toy with a rumor of like they might make it like a Mickey area. Mm-hmm. That's called Toontown, brother. Yeah, that's Toontown. <laughs> and now that we have Runaway Railway, mm-hmm. and by the way, Toontown quietly had a birthday and nobody posted. About <laughs> yeah, <it>. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Toontown. So, okay, since you picked Hollywood Boulevard, uh-huh. are, do you agree with me? That's what should go in there. More Marvel.
1: Yeah, uh, that is the most bankable. Thi- it's the thing that has not stopped. And it has not slow slowed down every yeah. remotely. You could say, 'cause there are there are people there that weren't a fan of the sequel truly for Star Wars. And while Star Wars will always have its popularity, it can get dinged up a little bit. You know, we noticed that with the prequels and things like that. Sure. Marvel, that train is is speeding up. Like it hasn't stopped. And if WandaVision is any, you know, is uh is using that as like a, a, a marker it, it's 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 coming this year. There's all these films coming out like it's the only bankable thing. It's essentially why you had said, I think, previous podcasts ago, of course, that extra rides going in there because that's money in the bank because you you have a proven entity already. What kind of ride is, what it will be amazed to be seen. But yeah, any executive would be ridiculous to turn down. Uh, maybe not right now. Like, no, Marvel, like we're it's it's all in on that like every time because they have the numbers to prove that not only will people show up for this, but it's incredibly popular.
0: I also think, and you know, people are going to like laugh when I say this, but mm-hmm. Marvel attractions are affordable to build, yep, because you can tether in the talent when they're making a movie. Mm-hmm. A lot of the heavy lifting can be done with video yep. screens. there so will be screens. Video screens gives you the ability to update attractions. Mm-hmm. Talking to you, Toy Story. <laughs> uh, but you could essentially build out that area, and you know, after a decade, if the Iron Man, uh, you know, attractions. Not doing so hot, yep. it could easily be swapped out for, like, let's say Ant Man's the next big cool mm-hmm. thing, you know? So I just, and the fact that you already have that like urban cityscape in the middle, yes. it just makes sense. Maybe it's the campus on one side, and maybe it's full on like graduated, like crime fighting on the other side. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like there's nothing else that I think is worthy of that space. And then that is the ultimate A family's coming out. Yes. They're for sure buying multiple day tickets mm-hmm. because they want to have time to enjoy Galaxy's Edge. They want to have time to enjoy Marvel's campus and Marvel's adventure. And they want to have time to enjoy all the other little, th- you know, the classics, the Haunted Mansion, yeah. Pirates, Fireworks Show. Um, Everybody's like, oh, we, why don't they build Wakanda? I was like,
1: well, that's not going to Walt Disney World. So where do you want to put it at the Disneyland Resort? And I'm yeah. like, mm. Hollywood
0: land, the back lot. <laughs> do you think um, the passing of Black Panther, mm-hmm. do you think that weighs in the favor of building the Wakanda dark ride or do you think it's like, oh, it's kind of a dead property now because they said they're not going to replace yes. Chadwick Boseman with mm-hmm. another actor.
1: I think the value of still going to Wakanda will have because I know people that were, obviously they love the character, but they were also enamored with this fictional place as well. Yeah, And that's a great way to tie in to the character without necessarily having him be a strong representation of it. And it's not too difficult to have him masked up and recast, quote-unquote, for the attraction as opposed to a brand new actor for the films. No different than how the character walks around now in Hollywoodland. Yeah. You know, because we will have the Black Panther in the Avengers Campus area, regardless of, just like Tony Stark will be there, regardless of fictional or real life, you know, passing of characters. So I think that they were pretty dead on when, you know, I I love that build out that you had of, of course, they're going to have an attraction where you travel to Wakanda in a fictional state. Whoops, something went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and Oh, no, something went wrong, and now you have to help
0: the Avengers. <laughs> While we were training, <laughs> there's a message, m- mission, and we got to go to Wakanda, guys. Mm-hmm. Are you guys down with it? Okay, good. I'm ready to go. See you there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah, it, it's definitely not a surprise that they decided that would be the location. People... I've heard that too many times, I think, now. I remember even Whoopi Goldberg was like, they need to build Wakanda. And it's like, well... Anyway. You had your chance, Whoopi. <laughs> you had the you know, dreams, rest you, in peace. You had your DCA chance, and you <laughs> dropped the ball. You dropped it.
0: He's like, my ride is gone, my, my show... <laughs> I mean, for me, I think that it would be exciting to see for once a ride themed about uh, around you know a, a place and characters, people of color, mm-hmm. that starts from a parking lot to that thing. Yeah. Not a Band-Aid <laughs> going over something that was a little rough around the edges. So I think that that's a big win. You know, that was, to me, the big thing about Magic Happens is that finally you saw a parade going down Main Street that reflected all the people standing on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. So I, for me... Wakanda is a no-brainer just because it does really put the parks on the right side of history and and very forward-facing.
1: Yeah, and thinking of fictional places that they, that they have that the characters in the film have been to thus far, because it's definitely going to be made off of the movies. What place is better than Wakanda? Like, I
0: like that weird blue place that they're in <laughs> the astral plane. Yeah, that, <laughs> I think we should do that. I like that.
1: That will be where you. They'll put a bench in there, and you'll be sitting on a bench <laughs> <laughs> in the astral plane. <laughs> And then
0: I think while I'm there I'll see the old Woody and Buzz Zootrope fly by Whoa! all the past. All the past attractions. You're here too. Uh for me, I, I think if I could do something Hollywood Land is a big one. I would love to see you know the doors in Pixar Pier? Yeah, the big ones that you want something to come out of, but they, nothing does. They go nowhere. Uh, <laughs> did they build an amphitheater around? I would love for those doors to go into some sort of Pixar dark ride. Yes, yes, that, yes. That yes. park is light on dark rides. Mm-hmm. It, Pixar is such a deep, awesome um, uh, source of content. You know, it's so many emot- available, emotional, yeah. multi generational, and I just mm-hmm. think that the pier needs. It needs a, a real Disney attraction. Yeah. Not a theme park reskin. It mm. needs a real, like, imaginary yes. took a plot of land and built something ground up. Yeah,
1: a ground up uh e-ticket dark ride in the vein of Pooh's Honey Hunt, Mystic Manor, you know, something fantastic that's all indoors, you know, theme it to a great property, and they've got so many to choose from. Like, pick your poison, with really, with Pixar. Like, yeah. It's... And like you said, the emotional connection that comes with those characters um, almost makes it a win. And I'm still waiting for my Inside Out Dark Ride. And, and
0: Oh, you get the <laughs> world win. Oh,
1: God. <laughs> I, it, I, I get sad every time I look at that thing because <laughs> I was I, like, this cannot be it for Inside Out. Like, I get can't. sad
0: when I see the baby version of the Tower of the Four Wings, <laughs> thinking about what we could have had, but they're like... uh Roller, you don't really want to take that back to California, they do you? Him. Throw it in the ocean. He's like, he's like, yeah, I didn't want. They they mentioned about it would be dangerous, and I don't want it to fall and hurt anybody. So just kill one person. <laughs> he's like, fine, just trash it. All right. So wrapping up today, as we're talking about DCA, if you had to think back mm-hmm. on like uh, a favorite memory, favorite memory, what's one that just comes off the top of your head? Ooh,
1: and this is like work or. Or,
0: well, you know, private probably citizen, probably some of your work memories that are epic. You probably couldn't share. So, you know, just whatever jumps out that you could that you could talk about. Um, I think it's actually
1: when people. Oh, my I think my favorite thing is when DCA has surprised the person that remembers that it was not the not the best beforehand. Oh, wow. I love like I adored, adored Ricky. The, all of the, the people, and there were many, and I, I almost want to say, like, if you were not one of those people, you probably weren't just lying. When, when Tower of Terror was announced to be closed, and people were furious, and I adored having people go on, g- get in the queue with me, like, mm, I don't know about this thing, and come off like they did it. Once Rocket went under the pipe, I was like... Still- <laughs>
0: <laughs> that pipe. We love it so much. I can see you and I making a shirt that's just the pipe. <laughs> it's you and
1: I watching the pre show, and when he
0: ducks, we just flip out. And everyone's like, What's <laughs> going on? The pipe. The pipe. He's like, Did you see he ducked under it? They're like, Yeah, I saw it. I feel like if we had a hangout, we'd have to go under the pipe to get <laughs> into the
1: hangout. But I think it's, yeah, it's people now appreciating it because I've been there long enough for it to be the park that no one cared about. Like, to, 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 to be the like the lesser then. yeah you know and while it will never be Disneyland it's 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 creating its own new history with people especially this new young AP crowd that's coming in that only knows it as the from Cars Land until now they have right. no idea of the dark days of you know Superstar Limo and loved it <laughs> <laughs> loved it <laughs> like they don't remember that so this park is almost like their park yeah and it's still young enough to where. The memories of like people saying, "Oh, Disneyland was so much better in the '60s and the '70s." Like you can't really say that with DCA because a lot of people are putting its its birthday at 2012. Now I would love to throw people in the '60s
0: and then be like, <laughs> "Oh, this is it!"
1: <laughs> Disneyland opening day. Have them get on um, uh, the canal boats of the world. Yeah,
0: have fun. <laughs> have fun. <laughs> have fun going around a pile of dirt. dirt. For me, my favorite memory really has nothing to, uh, specifically to do with the park, mm-hmm. but. Uh, my sister-in-law and my niece flew out here. Okay. And my wife says, hey, me and my sister want to go out and have a sister's night out in the town. I said, yeah, no problem. I'll watch Tegan, no problem. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, they left, I'm like, you ready to go to Disneyland? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, they're only eight once, mm-hmm. and my niece, for obvious reasons, is just obsessed with my wife. Mm-hmm. So to be the only- I yeah, Beth is pretty cool. She is. <laughs> Cara Dune's all right. But to be the only- person in her world that night Mm -hmm. and for all the kids know how much i love the park and how well i know the park Mm -hmm. it was like to just be the only person in her life for a night yeah and to get to joy enjoy her at eight and that park has got so much stuff for younger kids to do and to be able to walk around and have fun and show her stuff and just like just to have her for one night at that magical age yes hands down one of my top five trips to Mm -hmm. the park how
1: how long were you guys in the park that night Oh, I made her
0: shut it down. <laughs> it's like, I'm, like, I'm like, don't give me this. It's 3 a.m. where you live. <laughs> oh, well, Bricky, I'm
1: tired. No. <laughs> no, you're not. Get up.
0: Get up. <laughs> no, I mean, the thing is, is like I've, I have taken people to the park before, and mm-hmm. I think that I give an energy yeah. that, that goes over to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are other people I go with that just drain people, <laughs> but I feel like I add the energy. So that, you know, that was definitely a favorite memory for me Mm -hmm. and that just goes to show you know you can go to these places all the time as a local and know every crevice and know every little thing Mm -hmm. like i every time i hear nat king cole those opening notes Mm -hmm. in my mind i'm standing uh in the paradise gardens Mm. waiting for that you know that is the opening number on the christmas world of color and when i hear that "Mm," i'm like oh god i'm on the pier here it comes here it (sighs) comes here it comes A little bit of tinsel (laughs) out of my eyes. I didn't
1: ask you. Yeah. Do we keep Hyperion? Do you keep Hyperion? Theater? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I keep it because a Mm Marvel-themed show is perfect. Have you? All right. So I have homework
1: for you if you haven't looked it up. I want you to look up the- The, Desert Thief? (laughs) (laughs) The Taskmaster show. (laughs) I'm looking for some work. (laughs) But Disneyland Paris- uh, they ran a Marvel show mm. that looks like when you watch it, like this this is the Hyperion right here. Like this could be in- is it
0: indoors? Uh-huh okay.
1: Marvel show, Stunt show indoors, special effects, like little pyrotechnics, uh, stunt sequences. Um, and it involves all characters from the film positioned like they look like as the film, like not comic book versions, but it's like literally an MCU style show but about uh, 30 minutes long so much shorter than like the hour that Aladdin or Frozen would be Yeah. but it's like something that would definitely extend out Avengers Campus um, that they could also like you have said that it's so important tailor it to future films and new characters yes
0: Mm -hmm. and the cool thing about uh, putting all your eggs in the Marvel basket is it's now becoming such a diverse property I mean there's so many films it's not longer no longer like oh you put that in for little boys like there are Plenty of movies that Mm -hmm. little girls can see themselves in. So I I just feel like that is such a safe way to put it. And, you know, what works better in a, you know, in a, you know, I'm saying Metropolis and I know that's more of a DC term, but Mm -hmm. just in that urban sprawl, like a theater in the middle of it all makes total sense. Mm -hmm. And also seeing theater goers like waiting in that side courtyard, which could be spruced up a little bit. I mean, Disney, let's hide the (laughs) stairs on the side of the building, right? Like. You guys can build false walls. I've seen you do it. Mm -hmm. Let's just
1: put something over those stairs. (laughs) It's like, let's just theme the show to like you're going to a Stark Expo and you're an audience and something goes wrong.
0: (laughs) You mean the new technology's flawed? Here comes Ultron. (laughs) Hey, Flander. To 20 more years of DCA. 20 more
1: years of DCA.
0: And then some. And then some. Friends, thank you so much for taking a lap with Philander and I around Disney's California Adventure, and I hope you enjoyed my version of looking at the creative struggles and how ultimately California Adventure got to exactly where it needed to be. But like all great creative projects, there's just a couple of stumbles, a couple of things that we do wrong along the way. It only kind of shines even more of a light on just how perfection Disneyland was right out of the gate. But sometimes being first, is being best because you don't have all those other voices of competition of what worked before rattling around in your head. And I feel like once they learn to listen to those voices, instead of trying to quiet them is when the park eventually got to where it was supposed to be. Friend, if you had a good time today, if you enjoy my content, I would encourage you, if you can go over to club 1313com and become a member starting at episode 55, the second half of all the podcasts. You'll have to be in the clubhouse. You'll have to be in the lounge to hear how the story goes, because I have to reward those who reward me with the benefit of making this content, but don't worry. There'll still always be a Disneyland story for you free each and every week. But if you can head over to club, 1313com And if you can, this Saturday, don't forget over at adventures and design on YouTube, we'll be doing our 13th of the month stream date night, at Disneyland. And I can't wait to see you then. So friends, until the next time I see you up in the clubhouse or see you over in the 13th stream, or maybe see you walking around Disney's California adventure. I'll see you back here next Wednesday for another Disneyland story.